Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. We are going to be reading from verse number 1 through to, to 8. 2 Peter, verse number 1 through to 8. I'll read 1 to 8 and then you will read 18 with me. Hallelujah. Second Peter. Um, are you somewhere around there? Okay. Petros. Second Peter, are you there? Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by my reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before, before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Second Peter 3. I am in verse 3 now. Knowing this, first, the scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Let's read the last verse of scripture in Second Peter. Ready, go. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we started talking about spiritual growth. Amen. We started talking about spiritual growth. And I said to you that the Bible will never ask us to do something if we cannot do it. Hallelujah. God will not tell us to grow if it doesn't lie within us to grow. If we can't grow, God won't tell us to grow. Are you with me? If we can't give, God will not tell us to give. If we can't submit, God will not tell us to submit. If we can't resist, God will not tell us to resist. If we can't strive, God will not tell us to strive. God, it doesn't make sense to tell somebody to do something they cannot do. If the thing lies within your power to do it and you are telling the person to do it, what, what good is it? So if you are telling somebody to do something, it means that the thing doesn't lie in your power. It lies in their power to do it. Am I making sense? If God is saying grow 
in the grace. It means that God cannot grow you. Am I making sense? If God could grow you, then he will not say that grow in grace. He will say that I will grow you. But he's saying that you grow in grace. And then if somebody talks about growth, then obviously we must talk about levels or we must talk about the, 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 the limit or the summit of growth. Because when growth, where are we growing to? How far are we growing to? There must be a level, a, level, a limit of the growth. So that when we say grow, it means that we are going to a destination. Otherwise, we cannot even start. Are you with me? If you want to go on a journey, you must have a destination of the journey. Before you set off. Otherwise, there's no point. Because you can take one step and you have arrived. You moved. But you must go to a place. So it's like grow in the grace. So he's telling you how to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say, to him be the glory, both now and forever. Which means that the level of growth must get to the place where it glorifies God. So the destination we're looking for is the place of glory. The place where is the summit of our growth. Amen. When we get there, then it means we glorify God. And you look at the scriptures, you realize Jesus was described as the glory of the Lord. Amen. And we also, when we read, was it last week, we read Romans uh, 1, and we realized that the people knew God, but they did not retain the glory of God. So they took upon themselves the lust of the flesh. Isn't it? Men lying with women, with men, women lying with women, and doing such abominable things. Hallelujah. So the level of growth is until we get to the stature of the fullness of Christ. So Paul writing to the Corinthians says that, uh, that you be not children tossed about to and fro, but you grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Because the fullness of the glory of Christ is the ultimate level that we all need to strive to. Amen. That's a place of ultimate growth. When your life glorifies God. Hallelujah. Amen. So I said a few things before. I'm just rehearsing what we talked about last week. That the first thing we talked about was that Growth is measurable, amen, which means that you should be able to measure your spiritual growth, amen. You should be able to, and you should aspire to grow spiritually, amen. The next thing we talked about is what? Growth is not time-related. So the fact that you've been a Christian for 10 years doesn't mean that you have grown spiritually for 10 years. Hallelujah. I remember the church that I was in. There was a brother who came, joined the church. He gave his life to Christ in front of all of us. Then as we were going on, going a few, a couple of years later, the brother was the one who was preaching to us. And everybody was upset. <laughs> because it felt like we were here when this guy gave his life to Christ. How does he stand in front of us and teach us? 
But the truth of the matter is that he grew within the two years. And we were all standing there looking at him grow. And we didn't grow. Hallelujah. So growth in God is not measurable by time. Physical time. Being a Christian for 40 years doesn't mean that you are a 40-year-old spiritual Christian. You could still be in pampas. Hallelujah. The next one we said was what? Growth isn't necessarily related to knowledge. Do you remember? I'll come back to that. Growth is not... Is not related to knowledge. The fact that you can recite the scriptures doesn't mean that spiritually you are grown. Because some people can quote scriptures, a lot of scriptures. It means you have good memory. That's all it means. It doesn't mean that you are spiritually matured. But you see, in some places, they use memory of scripture to confuse people to, into thinking that they are very, very spiritual. And some people use prayer into confusion, impressing people to feel that they are very spiritual. In fact, when I, I, I gave my life to Christ, the so-called prayer warriors, I, these days I don't hear of them much, that by the prayer warriors in the church, then, back then, I can count how many of them became pastors and how many of them are still in the faith to today. Most of them are backslidden. Yeah, most of them are backslidden. Most of them, they will come to, they, they are in churches now and they sit at the back and criticize the pastors. Yeah. You know, they used to have spiritual accents. They used to walk in a certain way. You know. And when they are praying, they don't pray like you and I pray. They have a certain stance, a certain pose. And then they do their finger in a certain way. And they go a certain way, you know, like. And then, then, then they, they are, they are, eh? when people are doing, blah, 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 no, no, no. Kaye, kaye, kaye. Groanings that cannot be uttered. <laughs> so they bamboozle people with the amount of prayer tongues. Rapata Kalibu. Some big, big, big tongues. So when you are praying alongside them and you are doing bala bala, you just came. <laughs> you have just started the journey. You don't have deep, deep prayer language. Hallelujah. The next thing is that spiritual growth is not necessarily. Related to religious activity. You are in the choir, you are in the uh, prayer force, you are in the, uh, what do you call it, follow-up team, you are in this, you are in that, you are in this, you are in that. It doesn't mean that you are spiritually mature. Remember Matthew 7, 23, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, and he said, depart from me, you evil doers, I know you not. Hallelujah. And then we said that prayer, uh, spiritual growth is not necessarily related to prosperity. Do you remember? Okay. Hallelujah. Did, did we end there? 
Then we started to talk about the stages of spiritual growth. And we talked about the first stage being the child. The child. It's, it, spiritual growth, is you can mirror it to phys, uh, uh, physical growth. How many know that the greatest output of children, babies, are the noise they make and the mess they commit? Isn't it? If you have a baby in the house, everybody will know there's a baby in the house. Because they will always be crying. Are you with me? And when you leave there, they'll make a whole mess in the place. Amen. First Peter 2, 1 to 3. So you're going to look at these characteristics and they are all part of babies, spiritual babies. Therefore, lying, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies, can you see that? As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. He says that babies are what? People that lie. They, lay as, they, 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 they have malice, which means that revenge, wickedness. They set traps. I'm going to do something bad to you. Hypocrisy, they say one to do the other. Envy, evil speaking, it's all characteristics of newborn babies. Amen. And here Paul, uh, Peter is telling us that we should desire the sincere milk of the word so we may grow thereby. So he's giving us one way of getting out of the baby stage. Are you with me? Grow in the word. If you stop the, the hypocrisy, you start the evil speaking, you stop all those things when you go deep into the word. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. First Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal and to and as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Hallelujah. Which means that where you have carnality, where you have enviness, where you have Divisions, evil speaking. You know, it's like these people don't like these people. You can see a church that there are groupings in the church. The people here don't talk to the people here. The people here don't talk to the people here. The people here don't talk to the people here. It means the church is full of babies. And sometimes even the pastor is the chief baby. Yeah, because he, he, do you know that there are some churches that they encourage gossip? Yeah, because you can't tell the pastor your problem. Because when you tell the problem to your pastor, he'll go and tell somebody. And somebody will tell somebody. And somebody will tell somebody. And tell, tell somebody. By the time you realize that everybody knows your issue. It means the church from the pastor down, they're all full of spiritual babies. And a church where there's always little, little issues, every time issue, every time issue, every time it's like fire service. You are quenching this fire, you are quenching this fire. You, the, the pastor is full. He's very, very busy trying to put out lights. Fire, 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 fire. It means the church is full of babies. 
try having about, uh, what do you call it? Seven or eight babies together to babysit them. You know what I'm talking about. I used to, I used to babysit all my nephews and nieces. You know those guys who came here looking big and everything? Yeah, they were all like two, three, four, five. It was not easy. Every weekend, I go and gather them, bring them to my house. Because me, I like babies. I don't like them when they are baby, baby, baby. They have always fight with them. But when they grow to like two, three, then me and them, we are, we are friends. As you are trying to put this one to sleep, this one is, is, is crying. As you are trying to, this one will say, when they want McDonald's, this one says they are hungry, they want this. They Sometimes there are churches like that. The pastor is busy because all of them are babies. This one is just weed on this one. This one is crying. This one is just going to spit on this one. This one is just going to push this one. Somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So you see, all those things are signs of babies, isn't it? So remember, the first one is carnality. Carnality, that means, to be carnal means what? Fleshy. Their flesh is very alive. They are not controlled. Have you ever, pastor, let's put the Bible aside. Now, when you hear somebody talking like that, that's a baby. <laughs> pastor, I, I can hear you, but what I hate in my life is when somebody talks about me. They, they, they want to fight in the church. It means that that's a baby right there. And when people start making noise, gossip, memory, they like us, they don't like them, they like them, they don't like us. Have you heard those, those things before? Yeah. As for the pastor, you know, he likes his country people. He doesn't like us, the foreigners. When you hear things like that, it means you are dealing with babies. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The second characteristic of babies is that they cannot discern between good and evil. <laughs> First John 2, 12 to 14. Babies cannot decide. You see, a baby is somebody, if they say it's fire, they don't understand. If they say it's electricity, they don't understand. It's a live wire, they want to touch it. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Next, are you 12? 12, 13. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Hallelujah. So you see, the little children, they cannot discern between good and evil. So God has to forgive them. Are you with me? When he had to, the Bible says that in the days of ignorance, God winked at. There are some things that you are doing. God has mercy, pity on you because you are a baby. So he doesn't hold you against you. 
but he's calling you to repentance and to growth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Okay. So all that we've talked about babies look like um, it's negative, isn't it? So let's talk about one positive thing about babies. Spiritual babies, number three, the third characteristic of spiritual babies is that they have the first love. Spiritual babies have the first love. Have you heard the name of a church called First Love? Yeah, it means it's full of spiritual babies. In 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I understood like a child, I taught like a child. But when I became old, I put away the childish things. Hallelujah. You see, uh, somebody who has been forgiven and they have come into God, you know, Christianity first, they have a certain love for God, a certain love for the things of God. They have a certain love for the things, the hunger for the, the things of God that people who have been there for a long time don't have. They have a certain passion that, you see, but that passion, it doesn't matter how old you grow, never lose it. I say never lose it. It's called the first love. Never ever lose that. You get it when you're a child, but never lose it. Hallelujah. As, as a youngster, we used to go on crusade. We used to go to you know, different places to preach. I was about 12, 13 years old. Go from place to place. Go different places in the villages to preach. I didn't know much. All I knew is the message uh, for, for uh, uh, God commended his, his love towards us in that world where yes, sinners all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is a way that seems to write unto a man by the end of it is death. Broad is the, the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to, you know, those were the only scriptures I know, but I make a whole sermon out of it. And I preach to old people, I preach to young people, we lay hands on people, and they were re- being healed. Are, are you getting it? But that was a baby. Love, passion, passion, passion. When you grow to, so you see, you see, when people have first love, they have a certain passion that makes them wild for God. Then when they mix with those who are been here for too long, it's like, ah, why are you people doing so much? You are, you are making us dizzy. As you are going back and forth, back and forth. Dizzy. You have lost your first love. That's why you are talking like that. Never ever lose your first love. Amen. I say never lose your first love. Amen. Yeah. Never Amen. lose your first love. Yeah. I used to be excited. So on Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock comes because that's our service time. Meanwhile, there was no, there was no instrument in the church. We just gather in a circle and hold hands and pray and sing song. What the Lord has done for me, I cannot tell it all. Those, are, those were the songs we sing. Sometimes we go to, a, we used to meet in a classroom, then they'll suck us. When they suck us, we go to the park. Go and stand in the park and hold hands and pray. Then uh, uh, another zealous brother will come and preach something that he's learned on his quiet time. And then that's it, we are finished. Then we eat Akala and go home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But thank God that, that passion is still there. 
thank God that, that excitement of God. Because you see, there are some of the people I started church with, they are not in church anymore. Because I'm, I'm talking about early 80s. Early 80s. 81, 82, 83, that's what I'm talking about. Most of my people don't, don't go to church anymore. When they come and they say, oh, you are doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. What you are doing, we've done it before. That's what they say. Because they've lost the first love. But never ever lose the first love. You see, the first love is one thing that if you don't want to lose, you'll never lose. Yeah. If you want to lose it, you'll lose it. But my advice to you is that never lose your passion for God. Because that's what's going to keep you. I said, that's what's going to keep you. Nothing can keep you for 40 years doing the same thing. Praying, you don't understand what you have said. You must love what you are doing. Otherwise, after two years, ten years, you will give up. Am I talking to somebody? You must love God. You must love that. You must be passionate about the things of God. Hallelujah. All right. So God wants us to grow but not grow out of the first love. Have you not realized that the Bible, Revelation 3 says that I say to this church, what was the name of the church? 2-4. Two. Two, what was the name of the church? Spina, I think. Um, no, Is it Ephesus? You have left your first love. I have one, I know, put two, Revelation 2-4. He said that I, I never, dele- no, go, go to, go to uh, 3. No, no, start from one, from verse one. To the angel of Ephesus write, these things says the, the, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, have you seen passion? Your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. You know, first love people, they can't, if they see you doing the wrong thing, they can't appreciate that Listen, it's grace. They don't understand that. I know your works. I know your patience. You cannot bear those that are evil and have, read on quickly, have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. But, and have persevered and have patience and have labored. Have Have you seen labor? First lovers labor. They labor for the Lord. For my name's sake. And have not become weary. See, first love, you don't get tired. You don't get tired. Passion carries you. You don't feel cold. When it's cold and you have to go and visit, you go and visit. When it's cold and you have to go and pull somebody from church, uh, the home to, to church, you go and do it because you don't feel tired. But when you grow out of first love, then everything becomes hard. Everything becomes a chore. Hallelujah. I pray that you don't grow out of your first love. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your what? First love. All those things that you were doing, the passion with which you were doing those things, you have left it. And God says that you thought you had grown spiritually, but you don't grow out of your first love. If you grow out of your first love, you are backslidden. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So stage number two. The only three stages. Stage one is child. Stage two is youth. Young people. 
Isn't it? 1 John. 1 John 2.13 I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. This is a very important stage. Amen. The stage where you overcome the wicked one. The first characteristic of the, of the youth stage is that you are strong in God's word. The word of God abides in you. You are strong in the word. John 15, 7 says that abide in me and let my words abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Hallelujah. So the first thing is that the word of God abides in you. When I say the word of God abides in you, I'm not talking about scriptures or passages or, or what do you call it, having a lot of, um, uh, what do you call it, scriptures that you can quote. But you live the word. That's what it means by the word abiding in you. You are controlled by the word. You are a, well, a word-controlled Christian. Are you with me? When we were growing up, we didn't have this revelation. We thought that when you can quote scriptures, it means that the word of God abides in you. And that is why majority of us backslid. Because we had the word in us, but the word was not working in us. We had the word up here, but it was not in here. You know, James chapter 1. Let me show you a scripture there in James. Are you learning something? Okay. Are you in James? Verse 21 says that, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and the superfluity of wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted word of the Lord that is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer is like a man that observes his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Are you with me? That's the one who observes the word. He has the word in his head, but he forgets what kind of man, man he is. He doesn't do it. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, that means that he goes on beyond just looking, but he continues therein. He goes in, he lifts it. What verse am I in? Continues in it and is not forgetful, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Are you with me? The word is work. He does the word he hears. He's not just a listener. 
the modern day Christian, we are listeners and not doers. That is why the place where the word has have more preeminence is the place of the most corruption. That is why the place where the word is is the place where there's most evil. There's, do you know that there's most more adultery in, in Africa than in the, in the West? It's a mess. Meanwhile, there's more word there than there is in the West. That is why AIDS is more prevalent in, in uh, Africa and other places than it is in the, in the West. Because we are not doers of the word. We are hearers, deceiving ourselves. The reason why your life is still the way it is is because the word has not been done by you. Because if you have done the word up to now, your life would have changed. A lot of the problems you are still grappling with would have have left you by now. It's a work. The doing of the word is the work. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? That's why you go to Africa. The person who has just been to church as he's sitting in church, he's texting his girlfriend who's sitting three rows ahead. When the wife is sitting next to him. Recently, recently, I don't know whether you heard the story. Recently, a man, an elder in a church, had a, was sleeping with his own daughter. In this leads. Did you hear it? Please don't mention any church, I beg you. <laughs> an elder. Do you know what an elder is? An elder is somebody who, when the pastor is not around, who preach. And he was sleeping with his own daughter. The daughter had aborted about three or four children for the father. This is a person who has the word, but not a doer of the word. You see, I, I'm not criticizing anybody because we are all guilty. Yeah. Hallelujah. We hear it, but we don't do it. So sometimes when the word is coming, we feel guilty. But as soon as they say amen, your guilt is gone. And we are forgotten. And life continues. Hallelujah. You feel guilty for the minute the pastor is preaching, but as soon as he finishes preaching to make you feel guilty, that's if you have noticed, I don't preach for people to feel guilty. Because it's not my style. Because I know that the guilt is only for the minute I'm, I'm preaching. And then your face look at, then you don't want to look at my face. You look here, look there, look there. I've been doing this work for a while, so I know how it works. I, by the time I share, I say amen. You say amen. Hey, start chatting with somebody. By the time you finish chatting with the second person, you forgot everything that was said. Life continues just as it, it, it did. <laughs> but I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, that let us become doers. You see, to grow is to do. There's no other way. Are you mean? To grow is to do. It's to do the word. If you want to grow in the word, do the word. That's how you grow. Hallelujah. Very, very simple. To grow in the word is to do the word. Not become a forgetful hearer. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Oh, now, now your amen has gone home. In fact, this amen is very, very suspicious. I'm waiting for everybody to say amen. amen. Uh, this, 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 this amen is in coma. I tell you, your amen is in coma. It doesn't look like a Wednesday amen at all. Okay, if you don't want to say amen, say mm. It means that the thing has gone. Preaching, I will walk. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I will walk. <laughs> it means the preacher is piercing you. <laughs> See, when you hear the word, that shall not steal. It's a simple word. Go and practice it. From Monday to to Saturday, I am not going to steal. I am not going to steal. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to steal. And then after Saturday, Sunday, when you come, you hear another word. Don't forget, that shall not steal. So I'm not going to steal. Now I'm not going to lie on top of it. No stealing, no lying. No stealing, no lying. No stealing, no lying. Then you hear another word. If you continue in the word, then you grow by the word. That's the only way we grow. Otherwise, we'll be in church for 40 years and still be babies in pampas. Hallelujah. The second characteristic is that they have overcome the wicked one and walk in victory. You see, the, 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 the way you know you have, over, you have grown is that the thing that used to ensnare you does not ensnare you again. If your, 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 your weakness was men with hairy chest. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Let me change it. The way you pass, you, no, no, my friend, my friend, my friend, look for it. Do you look for it? You look for it. Uh, look for it. Look for it. Mikra, why did I say this? <laughs> okay, if you, you say, young girls are my weakness. If that is you, and when a young woman throws herself at you, you can't resist. Once the word comes, you know you are grown. If a young man throws the bread, virtually throws themselves naked at you and you don't do anything, then you know you have, you have had victory. That it means that you have grown. You are no longer a baby. Victory is mine. Have I explained it? You walk in victory. You've overcome the thing that used to overcome you. You know, when somebody gives you a drink, you cannot go by. You have to drink it. Your friends know what you like. And when they give it to you all the time, and especially the ones they know you, are, you go to church now, they'll buy it. Before, they won't buy it for you. Now that they know you go to church, they'll present it to you free of charge. When you can walk away, it means you have grown. You are growing. It means you are growing. The thing that you say, and let us lay aside every weight and the sin that easily beset us. There are besetting sins and weights. 
you know your Achilles heel. You know the Achilles heel is the weakest part of the body. <coughs> and your Achilles heel is, is just, you know that little vein that is here? If somebody kicks it, I don't care how strong you are, you fall. Because the weakest is the weakest. It goes, it shoots from there straight into your spine and you just... I, I got to know that when I, I, I went to do my national service in a village. <laughs> I went to do my national service in a village many years ago. The boys like, uh, what's it called? Palmas. Uh, they were playing football. You know, the village boys against the teachers. And then those times, the village boys, the, the village boys said that the teachers come and they are taking their girlfriends. Me, I didn't know. <laughs> So I just went. The teacher says, I should come and play. So I got to play. No, no, in the, the, the football match. It was not a football match. It was a trap. It was a trap the village, the village boys had set for us. But you know, the village that there's no other source of entertainment. So it's a football match. The whole village is there, all the girls are there. All the boys are there. So the whole village, the grandmother, everybody is there. This one we haven't heard before. <laughs> hey, we started the game. Ma. I, I used to play left wing. I was in the wing. Hey, the first ball that came, I went flying. <laughs> Back to there's no grass. No there are there are stones. <laughs> hey, they started to hit us, and, and then the boy, it's called Malaba. Malaba said, "Teacher, teacher, moba, moba." They come, teacher. See those people when they come, and they are hitting you. Hit them here. Malaba taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care how big you are how strong your legs are when they catch you good there <laughs> you go straight down hallelujah so everybody has their weakness but you see when the thing that's your Achilles heel now you can face it and have victory in it. That means you are growing. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Paul says that I forget all the things that I have done. I count them as done. But this one thing I do, I press on. I want to improve. I want to go higher. You know, because sometimes you can overcome this. But that one is waiting for you. So you can easily revel in the victory that you have on this. That you walk straight into that trap and then... Are you with me? Because one victory doesn't mean everything. Do you understand? It's like, oh, uh, what do you got? Now you can... Young girls are no longer your weakness. But what about... Uh, anyway, 
Anyway, so the youth stage. The youth stage is when you also go past that and you can teach others. You can encourage others. You can use your story to encourage others. Says that young men, you are strong. The strength of a young man is not in his prowess, but in his ability to draw others up with him. Do you understand? What makes you spiritually strong is not your ability to be a showman. Are you with me? But you are able to draw others up. Then it means you are, you are old. When you can take care of others, it means... See, when you see any pastor who is very powerful and hasn't got anybody that is coming up equally as powerful as him, then he's not even a young man yet. When everybody has to depend on you, then you are not, you are not, you haven't grown yourself. You are the champion, blue man. <laughs> Have you not realized that Jesus said that the things I do shall you do and greater works than you, that you do than me? Yeah, one of the main things that a pastor or a, a, a leader that shows your sign of, of your leadership qualities is your ability to bring people up and even do better than you. Then it means you have. That's why I'm very excited when I see my sons doing well in ministry. I get very excited. Yeah. So I, all the time I'm giving them opportunities. That's why I always invite them to come and preach here. Just to make, you know, and as their preacher, I feel, because I remember all of them. <laughs> I remember every problem. And even some of them still have issues. Yeah. One, one of them, yesterday, just yesterday, the wife called me, pastor, 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 from a far place, yesterday, just yesterday, far, far place. Uh, I don't know whether I should tell you this. <laughs> you know what the story was? He, he, he had eaten. And he said he wanted more food. And the wife said, no. You can't have any more food. You are putting on too much weight. And then he went for the food anyway. From the kitchen. Then he piled his plate. And he brought it to the... Then the wife took the plate off it. That, no, you can't have, you've already eaten, you can't have any of this. Then the guy took the food and pushed it in the, in the worst face. Then you eat it. <laughs> if you won't let me eat it, then eat it. He poured all over her face and hair. So she picked the phone and called her pastor. As she was talking, I was laughing because me too, they do that to me. At home. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, so easy. I'm telling you, I, I tell you. The plate that it used to be like this, now it's half the plate. You can see a whole portion of the plate empty. They say, this is your dinner. Eat and go and sleep. <laughs> hey, it's not easy. And you don't have anything to see. You just eat it and go and drink water and go and sleep. <laughs> so, as the brother was saying, I called as a brother, man of God, he 
is like that, oh. <laughs> so, don't be fighting. Don't fight it. This is not anointing. This is proper growing. When you grow to a certain age, you can't eat as much as you used to. Because your metabolism rate has slowed down. So the big plate that you used to eat, have you seen how Evans piles up the plate when he's eating? You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, after it, because. <laughs> so I was teaching him how you should, you should respect the portions that have been given to you. Respecting your own. Are you with me? And, and because, you see, even though he's spiritually, he's still my son. And I don't, I don't ever stop being a father to him. Are you getting it? Yeah. So, you see, my, uh, that's if a strong person is somebody who can raise others and not be intimidated by them. Some of us, we kill our own sons because they were intimidated by them. Hallelujah. Where are we? Huh? They teach and help others. Another thing about being young is they are not afraid of hard work. They are not afraid to take up challenges. See, when I ask you, go and start a chapel, and you start convulsing, you start palpitating, means you are still a baby. <laughs> are you with me? But when you are young, you take, the, the, you take it on. Because you are an overcomer. Hallelujah. See, when he told them to go two by two, all the cities that he was going, he was going. None of them complained about going. They all went. In this day, when you send people, they start telling you things, stories, <laughs> why they can't go. Hallelujah. Okay, the third stage, that the stage of maturity, the teleleos, T-L, T-E-L, sorry, T-E-L, E-I-O-S. How do you pronounce it? Teleos. T-L. T-E-L-E-I-O-S. It means complete, full of age, and perfect. Ephesians 4, 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says that, but the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Hallelujah. When you can control yourself, when you have gentleness, meekness. You see, I have said this before. The spiritual maturity is not shouting in tongues or doing miracles. It's character. That's why the Bible describes the fruit of the spirit as these things. So when you see all these type of prophets who have come and they're always swearing, they're always 
vulgar words. They get angry. I saw one, yes, was it today or yesterday? Go and tell that person. He was angry because somebody has gone to say something about him. And he was on social media swearing and he's supposed to be a prophet. Immediately, you just mark it against these things, the fruit. God, by the fruit, you shall know them. So if the fruit, gentleness is missing, meekness is missing, self-control is missing, joy is missing, patience is missing, then you can conclude that this person is not grown. They are still in diapers. Amen. So you see, when you see a man of God, don't be moved by their countless fast speaking or the shouting or the praying and laying hands on. Because all those things, they are art. You can learn them. But mark them against the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit, they are very, very physical. They are not anything. You can see it. Anybody who cannot control his temper is not grown. Is not matured spiritually. Anybody who cannot love unconditionally is not spiritual at all. Hallelujah. Amen. The place has gone quiet again. So let the word be a, a, a word controlled Christian. Amen. Have I told you before? I used to have a very bad temper. Oh, my temper is not or used to be. One, two, buckle my shoe, three, four, shut the door, five, six, I pick a stick if you like, come. No, no, no. We don't go even one, two. By the time we two, now I've hit you and it's called repented. When you are spirit controlled, somebody should look at this. Hey, is it you that you have changed like this? Yeah. Spirit controlled. Somebody has taken your food, then you take the food and throw it at them. You don't have control. You are not gentle. <laughs> or suffer you don't <laughs> the food was on the ground that's all <laughs> hello it's not easy <laughs> okay where are we Spiritual maturity. When you exhibit the fruits of maturity. It's amazing when we got to spiritual maturity. He didn't talk about anything spiritual. He didn't say prophetic word. Healing the sick, raising the dead. It's not there. (laughs) All he said is emotional things. Character traits. Controlling your emotions. Controlling your character. Controlling your speech. Amen. You would have thought that you mentioned it, something wild, spiritually wild. No. Those are for boys. 
Yeah, those are for youth. Spiritual youngsters, they are the ones who do all those things. But when it comes to the maturity, this is it. Because this is the difficult part of Christianity. To keep peace and joy and to be self-controlled. When Jesus said, when somebody slaps you, turn the other cheek. We didn't understand it. We thought it's only Jesus who does that. (laughs) But he's teaching us maturity in the spirit. I'm not there yet. Please don't try me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Have you learned something? Okay. Now, quickly, quickly. My time is up, but I wanted to do something so I don't go back to this next week. One thing, how does one grow spiritually? How can, because we've talked about stages, we've talked about all this. How can we grow then? Because we said that spirituality, uh, spiritual growth is not just knowing the word of head. Number one, desire. Somebody say desire. If you want to grow spiritually, desire. First Peter 2.2. 2. As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When Paul said that I have not apprehended in, in uh, uh, um, is it Ephesians 2.10 or 3.10, Ephesians 3.10, put Ephesians 3.10 on the, he says that, is it 4.10 or 3.10? Not that, no, uh, that I may be conformable, made conformable to his, his will. I think it's either two ten, three ten, or something like that. I know it's a ten. Three, three ten. I think. Look at Philippians three ten. Yeah, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Go on. Being made conformable to his death. What he was saying that that I may grow to the point that I can conform to what he was like. In his suffering and in his desire to serve and glorify God. Are you getting it? Because... We said that the destination of spiritual maturity is when you glorify God. So when you are able to be conformed to Christ and his suffering, then you are getting to the place of spiritual maturity. And so Paul was saying that this is where I want to get to, to the place where I can be made conformable. I can move to the place where all my life, anything I have is to glorify him. Hallelujah. I pray that we will glorify God in everything we do.